0: Hey kids, this week we're talking 2008's Iron Man from the Haywood Comic Con. So here we go. I'm Tad. And I'm Tony. And we love movies. It feels like that's all we talk about. But when we decided to do a podcast, we couldn't do new movies. Everybody does that. So we're going back.
1: Back to the movies of our childhood or movies we haven't seen in a long time. It's our overdue
0: movie review podcast. Beginning of the MCU. My goodness, this is what started it all. Iron Man, starring Robert Downey Jr. As, can you imagine anybody else in that role right now?
1: No, I cannot.
0: I, I think we're jaded because we got how many films with him in it?
1: Over twenty. <laughs> it's ridiculous with that, with that character existing in,
0: in the existence, and we. I know that they had had other people that they were talking to when they were getting ready to cast this movie. Right, but nobody. I think could could have portrayed this character better than Robert Downey Jr.
1: That's true. Um, I get kind of emotional for Robert Downey Jr. when I think about his career in the MCU. Yes. And where he used to be. Like, I remember the news stories about him and the drug addiction and going to jail and getting in trouble and everything. And to see how his career has revitalized and how people love him and you know, are so excited about him being Anthony Stark.
0: And you think about it, how proud people are of him. Yeah, I'm happy of, for him. I because of the turning of his, uh, not just the career, right. but the lifestyle. Because you know, he, yeah, he
1: could have been dead.
0: Been, he, was, he was actually arrested and in prison for yeah. his drug use and everything. And uh, he kicked that habit and, and turned it around. Like, there was a point from 2001 to 2007 where he was coming back into acting after though you know the right. drug use and everything, but then really 2008 is what turned Kicked the corner. Off, yeah. He did the Shaggy Dog. Yeah. Before this, but that was probably the most notable film he did prior to Iron Man. Right. And then from there, you look, we got Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Though we didn't really care for it. We got Doctor like Doolittle. It. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. we got a lot of great movies with Robert Downey Jr. Thanks to Iron Man. That's right. And of course, when, it start, when you talk about the MCU and how it all started, you've got to talk about John Favreau. Right. John Favreau directing this film and just the vision that he and Kevin Feige put together when they were doing this movie. They were like, this could be something more than what we've ever seen in comic book movies. Because they had tried, right. especially in the Marvel Universe. You look, you had Fox with the X-Men movies. You had Sony with, uh, with, with Spider Man, Fox had, had Fox Fantastic, and Fantastic Four. Four as well. And you look at, they, they kind of learned what not to do. Right. And then when they kicked off this MCU, they did it with characters that, I mean, like seriously, who, who would have ever thought the Avengers would have been as popular as they are today? Uh, I, I know, I know. I'm talking about not with comic book fans, but with the global population. <laughs> right, right. People who don't know comic books love watching, the avengers yeah. they're watching the avengers my mom knows who the avengers are <laughs> that's awesome that's impressive right <laughs> and that's what this movie started off with the mcu we've got dozens of films you've got even you got more tv shows right. with the streamers and everything cartoons
1: video games and it games. all
0: started with one man right iron that's man true? <laughs> great movie i love the way it starts off because you get a little bit of what's going on now then you do the flashback, right? With the and it starts with uh, you know, like kind of giving the exposition. I like you don't get a backstory on Tony, right. but you get a backstory when they're doing the award presentation. Right. So you kind of learn who who he, is. who he is who Tony Stark is. Right. He doesn't care about awards. You you, you learn know, who Obadiah he, he is. He loves the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's they do a lot of exposition without a heavy handed backstory type. You know, oh, this is what he was like as a kid. You find out that he lost his his parents, you know, in his teens. You find out that he came back at the age of twenty one to take over the company. The prodigal son is what they called him in the movie. Right. So I like that. That's how they give you the story, and then I like the way they kind of turn things on a dime. Because at first, you see this, you see this guy, and he's inhuman. Right. You know, he's he's kind of cocky and arrogant, and he's got that swagger. Right, and then they immediately like you. So you don't really care for him.
1: Yeah, because he's he's. And then they arrogant. blow him up.
0: <laughs> they, they they attack that caravan, and all of a sudden it humanizes him because he's immediately not that guy. Right. right. So you're like he's it, scared. It, it, yeah, he's scared. He flipped it on a dime right there, and it and it kind of it kind of brings you in to start the movie in a really powerful way.
1: I, I like this because this is this is Marvel's Batman. Yes. He's Marvel's Batman, in a way that. would if Bruce Wayne's parents had to live till he was a, a little teenager? Longer. Right, right, right. Because for Bruce, it's my parents died when I was ten. Bruce Wayne died with his parents that day, and I became Batman that night. And his life was used to build up to that point where he finally dons the costume. For Tony Stark, it's. I've been a teenager with my parents, and I've hang, hung out and had parties and stuff, and he's still that kid. Yeah, he misses his parents, but he's not thinking, I need to avenge them. He's, right, he, thinking,
0: he's, he's driven by that teenage thing. Right, right. You, know, you I, don't get it wrong I with I want to make parents. as
1: much money as I can, get <laughs> as many women as I can. I don't care about awards. I love inventing, but... None of that other stuff matters to me. You know, I'm not trying to stop crime. I'm, I'm actually trying to fund war.
0: Right. <laughs> and I like that, that when he finds out what his weapons have been weapons doing, have been doing right. that's when he wants to turn around a dime. You look at what uh, Jensen says to him, he's like, you know, you've got to do something with your life. Don't let it go to waste. Right. And, and when he gets back, he's like, I've been a part of this, and I can't do it anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Of course, that's when you find out, you know, that that's where he and Obadiah shift. Right. And I love the foreshadowing in this. Obadiah calls himself an ironmonger.
1: Right. Early mm-hmm. in the
0: film. <laughs> you're like, okay, so that's where we're going with this movie. Right. It's, it's, they put it on Front Street right there.
1: But uh, he, I, I just like the way they show, he didn't completely turn. You know, it's not like I'm a whole new person. I'm still Tony Stark. Yeah. I still like the women, I still like my tech. I really still don't care about the awards, but I'm going to do something good with what I can do now, mm-hmm. instead of being about money, which is what Obadiah was all about.
0: And and again, it sets it up for not just the rest of this movie, but the rest of the movies the featuring yeah. Iron Man. You know, on, in the cinematic universe, that's what you've got. You've got constantly Tony struggling with what he can do what he should do right. and his responsibility toward that. Right, right. And that, and that drives even the conflict between him, Cap, and uh, Civil War. Right. That's what drives that, that tension is the fact that he's like, we've got to be held accountable. Right. And that's what he wants. He wants accountability even in Iron Man in 2008.
1: Right. And, and I think the, the crazy thing about it is that Obadiah put a hit out <laughs> yeah. for Tony like he didn't want Tony to be in charge anymore and it wasn't that Tony was not on board with what they had been doing but he wanted the power he wanted to be in charge of the company so he wanted him dead Mm -hmm. he didn't want him to come back he wanted him dead
0: well, he didn't want him to come back when he was twenty-one. You know, Obadiah yeah. was running the company until right. Tony came back. Right. He liked that power. Right. You know, the first thing that, to the first yeah. thing that Obadiah says to him after after he uh, makes yeah, that he announcement, that he's like, yeah. "Do you realize what you just did to me? Yeah. Like, you know how much how much a loss I'm going to take on this? Right. So he, you you see that? And by the way, let's talk about Jeff Bridges in this. He movie. did a great
1: job playing a very unlikable power. He could have been Lex Luthor.
0: Could have been. He played. A, he, played he, he
1: played. I mean, he played that character well, to where he was very dislikable and very shady. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seemed like Tony didn't see any of that. He didn't. He didn't recognize. He saw Obadiah him. as a friend. He, that was a guy who, had, you know, yeah, he was a helped family friend. Him.
0: Yeah. You know, helped help console him when his parents died. Right. Right. You know, so I, and and. and when, you, when you're a manufacturer of weapons and you say, I'm not going to do weapons anymore. Right. And it kind of How puts your, your company go?
1: <laughs> be sustained. Right.
0: Um, then you look at the other cast of characters. You've got Terrence Howard as, uh, as Rhodey in the only film he got the role. <laughs> and, but I liked him in this movie. I, mean, I know they moved on to Don Cheadle, who you can't argue against Don Cheadle. He was really good in the who rest of the series. Who was approached
1: first. He, he was, was approached first. first.
0: But Terrence Howard did a really good job in this movie. I mean, who was likable.
1: I'm sorry. I didn't like him. <laughs> I, I didn't like him. I think Don Cheeto should have been roadie from
0: the get-go. but It's from the beginning. It all worked out. It, it all worked, worked out, out in the end. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is Pepper Potts. Yeah. And I think she played the role very well, as, too, because you, she, Pepper Potts, cares for Tony more than just as, you know, his assistant. Right. She cares for him as a as a person as well and she wants to look after him. Oh yeah, she's I love how she's like I take out the trash when I need to. Right.
1: And she, but she's in, I mean she's in love with him but she's ha- having to sit back and watch him bring woman after woman after woman back to his home and like you said, it's time for you to go. What are you still doing here? It's time for you to go. Right. But she still loves him because she sees who he really is outside of the playboy that he Well, and again, he's not pretending because that's who he really is. That's that's who he really is. He loves the women. <laughs> well, and, and like like
0: you know, like I said earlier about Tony how he's kind of conflicted on who he is, who he can be, who he should be. Right. Pepper sees the same thing for Tony, who he right. can be versus who he is and who he should be. Right. You know, so she sees through all of that to who he really is. And that, that being said, you know, like what woman in their right mind after seeing all of the women that Tony well, has been with, be with would him. still want to be with him? Yeah. And, and seeing the way he treats women in his life. Pepper's the only one he's ever treated with respect. It seems like being with him would be a one-way trip to the ER because of all the
1: women he's been with. But, right.
0: Um. But, uh, and, and we, should, we do need to know that this was not a Disney movie. This was Paramount that got this one. That's right. Because sure when, did. this was before Marvel Studios had that deal with Disney, before Disney acquired Marvel Studios. So, you know, when you got, you had the Hulk with Universal.
1: Right. Hulk was Universal. The yeah, Incredible
0: Hulk was with Universal. That's you right. had Paramount with Iron Man. And, and the, the Disney stuff didn't come on until later. Right. That's so, right. Um, you know, when you, when you look at the foundation of this movie, I always said that they, they did this movie. And if they hadn't have succeeded, they didn't have to do anything else. That's true. But the way they did it, it's like every movie comes back to Iron Man. Right. They set up all of the principles in this movie on how to get where you're going.
1: Right. That's right. That's and, right.
0: And like I said, Kevin Feige, to, uh, to had this vision in 2008, and here we are 15 years later in the MCU, mm-hmm. Just, can, you, can you believe that 15 years of the MCU? That's a long time. That's a long time. If, if DC could have this kind of success.
1: Only if. if
0: Only if. <laughs> Because, I mean, you think about it. All of the things, uh, all the comic comic book movies that have been created, from the you know the 60s and 70s on, till today, there has been no single franchise that has been more successful than the MCU. That's true. And and it's because they kept everything tied together and they had a vision. DC had their
1: chance. They had their time Um, with the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, the Batman movies, Mm -hmm. uh, um, but. Somewhere along the time away, they were like, they
0: missed. I don't know what happened. But, but you think <laughs> about it, you had the Superman movies, we started in 1978, and you go to what? 84, 83? 89. 89. 88
1: 89. So they finally, yeah, yeah, yeah with, quest with, for peace.
0: with Quest for Peace, you finally got there. So you had a decade, maybe 11 years. You go to Batman from 89 to yeah. 99, 11, 10, 11 years. But there was just that one character in those movies. Right. It there, there wasn't an extended. Universe. Right. Then they did the X Men movies, and you're like, finally, somebody's although, got something.
1: Although in Batman and Robin, he mentioned Superman.
0: But was it Christopher Reeves' Superman? Oh, we don't know. The yeah, speculation we'll is know. that it was, but we don't, we'll never know. But then you get the X Men movies, and they had, you know, three runs, three, three movies in the original run, well, and see, then of course they what, tacked on after First Class.
1: This is what I like about Stan Lee is that Stan Lee said that there would be no MCU without Blade with Wesley Snipes yeah. because that was such a hit. Like, my mom loved the Blade But Blade how many series. movies
0: over how long?
1: He had three
0: Blade movies, but I don't... Just a span of a, f- yeah, a really was, short time. Yeah, it was... not even a decade. Short, 96 to yeah. 99. But Blade set up what you could do with a comic book Right.
1: Movie. And then after that, we got X-Men.
0: Mm-hmm. No, we got Spider-Man. Spider-Man.
1: No, mm-hmm. no, we got X-Men because X-Men came out in 2000. Yeah. And Spider-Man came out in two thousand. And Spider-Man was
0: very successful those first three movies with yeah. Sam Raimi and Sony. But again... The three, and then they're like, eh, Let's we're done.
1: Yeah. We'll reboot it. Yeah.
0: And then you got The Amazing Spider-Man. Right. Two movies before the reboot. But then the MCU happens, and it just takes this whole new level. You've got all the movies. You've got the TV series. It, yeah. you got a whole You've got a whole, like, the TV shows that were yeah. on ABC with Agents of, uh, Agents of Sealed. Right. So you've got all this stuff that just kind of combined and, and – a huge successful in just 15 years. Yeah. Just 15 years. That's the, that's the impressive part.
1: Now, I meant to mention this at the beginning, but Iron Man made his debut comic book um, appearance in Tales of Expense, number 39, back in March 1963. Not only was he co-created by Stan Lee, who created, like, half of the Marvel Universe, right. uh, but... It was developed by scripter Larry Lieber, who was his brother, who did Thor. Uh, it was designed by artists Don Heck and Jack Kirby. So they, And Stan Lee said he based Tony Stark's Playboy looks and personality originally on Howard Hughes.
0: And it makes perfect sense. Because
1: that, during that time, that's who the big Playboy guy was, was Howard Hughes, so... It's interesting how and I wish Stanley was still here because right? to see how something that they did in the 60s, like who knew that it was going to be as big as it is right now, um, where kids and parents are going to the same movie going. We love this character. Let's find you know find out more. Let's go to the comic book shops and get more books and find out more about this character, or uh, you know just a whole family experiencing a pop culture, you know, sensation together. That's, it's pretty cool.
0: Well, you know, when I was when I was growing up, I had, you know, I had Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. But my mom and dad weren't, you know, like, hey, let's play Batman and Robin in the in the living room. But now I've got, you are know. Are they doing was,
1: that now, Ted? <laughs> no,
0: but that's what I'm saying. That's me and my kids, you know. Right. Like, you right. know, my kids are picking sides. It was like, okay, I'm going to be Iron Man. I'm going to be. Uh, Black Widow. I'm going to be, the, and and, they're, and they're, Daddy, you got to be so and so. You know, right. so they're always playing with, and it's like it's become a thing. You know, we're you know we used to play you know wiffle ball in the backyard as kids. Now we're playing superheroes in the living room. You know? <laughs> right, right. And and I, and it's it's just shown where the world has come in the in the realm of comic books, and mostly due to the MCU.
1: Right, that's and, right.
0: And I, like I said, I love I love the X Men. They were probably my favorite franchise in the '90s. The animated the series. X-Men. The animated series was ridiculous. Spider-Man, the animated series was right. so good. Right. And when, you know, they started planning this MCU, as Marvel Cinematic Universe, they said, "We can't do the X-Men. We can't do Spider-Man. What do we got?" Right. And I think that's what helped launch this MCU is the fact yeah. that they went after characters who, yes, in the in the comic world, very we well know. known. Right. But you. You could do whatever you wanted to with them cinematically, right. make them likable, right. and still stick to canon, but make them likable. You don't have to stick... You know That's the thing that DC has a problem with is, well, everybody knows how Superman has to be, and if he's not like this, then we're not going to like the movie. We know how Batman's got to be. If he's not like this, we're not going to like the movie. Well, but well, that's what you try to build the franchise on is your biggest players, but, but and the, that's been the hard part. Well
1: The thing is, is that everybody likes these characters for a certain reason is because... This is who I know from the comic book. And to deviate from it, can make or break a franchise. Kind of like Man of Steel. That Superman was dark. and That was not our Christopher Reeve, hopeful, I inspire others to do good Superman. It was a... That wasn't even an
0: animated series. uh, Tim Daly Superman. Yeah, it was an
1: insecure, (laughs) I'm not sure. Should I do this? You know, it wasn't like, I feel like... I should use these powers to help other people. It was just kind of like, huh, ah, they're looking for me. Let me turn myself. Like, you, your first appearance is helping other people, but you're not sure. You know, the Superman we're used to is sure, I can save the day. I yeah. can do this. I, I got this. And so it's when you deviate from that, it causes people to leave. But like the Marvel Universe, even though they change storylines, they change different aspects of people, at the heart,
0: all those characters are still who they are they're, in the comic book pages. They're still who they are, but they're more palatable to the general public. Right. And, that, and again, to general public and to comic fans, they've made it more palatable, and all of a sudden, they've had this wide success doing so. Right. They figured out the formula that now DC's trying to duplicate right. and, and, and using, a lot of people were, using
1: an MCU director. I think some people were <laughs> upset that Jarvis was an AI now, but that works because that's our time, that we're, exactly. we're doing AIs or whatever. But you also later find out that Jarvis was real, <laughs> that he had actually been a real person and that he was using the voice of a servant that he knew when he was a kid to help guide him Like he probably did when he was, and like I said, there are so many parallels to Batman because the butler. Right. Even though that butler is no longer there, that butler still means so much to him, just like Alfred meant
0: to to Bruce Wayne. And like Pepper says, Jarvis runs the household.
1: Right, right. That's right. Jarvis
0: is an AI, but he runs runs the household. He
1: knows Tony Stark, he knows what Tony needs, and he's still like serving after all these years. Which reminds me of what I just told you not too long ago about the Jetsons comic book, yeah. where in the comic book, George's mother is pass- getting ready to pass away and Judy Jetson asks, well, Grandma, there's this program where you could be with us forever. And what she decides to do is she decides to have her mind scanned and AI artificially in- inserted into Rosie the Robot so she could serve her family for eternity. So weird. That's a, That's so a question so we could have had Rosie answered. Is now George Jetson's
0: that would have been a fantastic question to answer in the TV series. Oh maybe God. a little too deep for a kids' television <laughs> cartoon, but still, that would have been a great, great question to oh answer. Man, yeah. But you look at how far Tony came in this movie. Yeah. He goes from being a playboy, uh, a defense tech, you right. know, inventor. Of, somebody, weapon of weapons of mass destruction. Yeah.
1: And what did that, they call it? Oh, they caught, they caught when he was hurt, Was he was injured in that, you know, that sabotage. Um, Jensen said, we call this the little death because this has happened to other people in the village and they have died from this because they slowly died from the shrapnel that's in their bodies. Um, but he learned, you know, he, it's different when you're rich or you've been sheltered from certain things. Uh, I've met people throughout my life who said, I didn't know things were like that. I didn't know that y- you all went through that kind of thing. Um, because I never had, you know, that's not my life. I've been in you know a whole total different environment, so I don't know any of those things. So for, for Tony... I'm a rich man. I'm a rich white man. Yes. I have lots of money. I can go wherever I want to. I got private jets. I got contracts with all around the world. I and mean, He I'm mentions just, that
0: in the in movie. The, yeah. He says, you know, in the purpose of having a private jet is it leaves when you want to.
1: <laughs> right, 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 right.
0: <laughs> Again, that's, that's the definition of what and, he's grown up in with. His
1: mind, in his mind, he ma- he's the only thing that matters. Like, he even – I mean, like, he – He is aware that Pepper Potts had feelings for him, yet he still brings woman after woman after woman after woman into his house in front of her, and she is the one who has to deal with the day after.
0: Getting rid of him.
1: Right. Like, he's not there. He's down in his, you know, laboratory fixing something or, you know, coming up with something else, and Pepper is the one who has to go... It's time for you
0: to go. She's got to clean up We're after Tony. Right. <laughs> We're done. We're, you're, you're done. Bye. But See look a, at where he comes at the end of the movie. By the end of the movie, he's he's, admitted he's, he's admitted. gone from, I prefer the weapon you only have to fire once to I'm going to use my weapon right. to destroy all the other weapons. Right. He's right. like, I've got to clean up my mess. Right. So he goes from a guy that has to have Pepper clean up his mess to, to a guy who's, stepping I'm going to do it myself. Thing. Right. I don't, I'm not going to pretend that this suit of armor is my bodyguard. Right. That's I me. am Iron Man. I am Iron Man. I am, I am, Iron Man. And that was And that was Downey's choice. That yeah, wasn't that in was, the script. That was,
1: that was the improv. And Kevin Feige said, great. He, 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 said, he said, that seemed like the, the general thing that Tony Stark would actually do. And the cool thing about it is that Shane Black wrote this story. Um, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. was nearby. So Robert Downey Jr. would come in and go, Hey, I was thinking about this for the script, and he kind of shaped that character with Shane Black to fit what he was going to portray on the screen, which is so cool when the actors get an input in saying, "This is how I see this character. I'm playing this character, so can I get some input on how they would be?" And, well, and it just naturally, like he just naturally, like, I, I'm, you know, I'm Robert, I'm Robert Downey Jr. playing Tony Stark. If I was Tony Stark. What would I do at this press conference? And
0: and that's what happened. I love about you know great actors understand the character sometimes better than the writers and they're that's like true. my character would never say this mm-hmm. you know so they can if, if you if you if these good actors they know what their character would and would not do because right. they've developed who this character is they have become this character when they're on the screen and they know they know the they know the line that they wouldn't cross and. Right.
1: That's right. Di- that's Robert
0: right. Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, uh, Tony Stark, is like, he is Iron Man. Right. That's right. <laughs> it's not something that he's going to hide from everybody. He's like, you know, why hide it? This is who I am.
1: And, and the cool thing about this this movie is that there was a comic book first. Kind of like there, there was a comic book first, the uh, Ultimate Comics, Ultimate Marvel Comics. And in that, in that, um, I believe in that in that comic book, they were talking about, there's a scene where all the Avengers are talking about who would play them in a movie, and of course, at the end of this movie, we get the teaser about the shield and the Avenger initiative, and we see Samuel L. Jackson for the first time as Nick Fury, but in that comic book, Nick Fury, who had always been a white man, portrayed as white man in the comic books, uh, Nick Fury in the, in the Ultimate Universe is a black guy who strangely enough looks like Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> and so they're asking, well, hey, Nick, in the movie playing you, who would be? And he goes, there, there, there ain't no guess. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> so Samuel L. Jackson heard about the comic book and he heard about the movie and he called him and was like, hey, I'm available. <laughs> and they did it. So it, it's amazing just to see how as we've talked about many times, how they were able to connect everything and how Kevin Feige has just allowed everybody to tell their own story but also keep it together.
0: Keep it in a direction. Right.
1: Here. Here's here's our story. Here's what go- needs to be in it, and this is where we need to end, and this is where you're
0: going to pick. I don't care the how you get there. Just right. get from just here just to there. there.
1: Right. <laughs> get there, right. Get
0: there, right. But I like, I like that you know, the introduction of these characters makes right. them feel like they makes them likable. Yeah. They really they really do you you the way they like Agent Colson. Yeah. Like you kinda you like this guy Clark at the end Greg of this movie. It's really good. Yeah. You make you and then that pays off in later. Avengers. Yeah. You know, so it pays off in Avengers when you're like, okay. Yeah. It makes me like this guy.
1: And and you need collateral damage. Ooh. <laughs> So you've liked this guy because you've seen this guy in a great number of Avenger movies. You've seen
0: him. You've seen him in everything. You, he I pops think up in Co- everything. Ex- was every, yeah. Except for he was in Iron Man. He wasn't in First Avenger, was he? Or did he yes, pop up at the end was, of First Avenger? he was. at the end. He was, That's he, right. he
1: calls Nick Fury and says, "Hey, we found him." That's it. Um, so he did Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. Thor. Yeah, he was heavily in Thor, and I don't think he was in Incredible Hulk.
0: They sent Tony for that one.
1: Right, right. (laughs) But um, they build that up till Avengers, and then it pays off because they need something to
0: avenge. Even more so right at the beginning when when he meets – captain america he's, he's like he's a, showing him his trading fanboying. cards he's fanboying Boying over him. and you're yeah. like wow you really he's this guy really loves these people yeah. Yeah. you know he's a huge fan of these people and then yeah yeah spoilers <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to spoil a movie that's that old but you know <laughs> but that's but that's again they they marvel has done such a good job of making you like these characters that a lot of people wouldn't otherwise never know right And again, global popularity. Right. Um, And and you look at what uh, we didn't mention.
1: John Favreau also plays Harold Happy Hogan.
0: Happy Hogan. You said he lost like seventy pounds for this movie. Seventy pounds
1: to celebrate getting the directorship of this movie.
0: And and nobody was nobody was happier for Favs to get this movie than you know than he was. I mean, because he was like, I can really do this. Then you look at what Favs has done since then. You know look at look at the Star Wars universe he's built oh on, my, the Mandalorian? The, on the streamers with the, with oh the Mandalorian my, Man, that is one of my favorite shows he, like, it's rare that you hear a bad comment from any of those series, right you know, like, everybody talks bad about the Star Wars franchise on the prequels, even right. the new the, the sequel series, Yeah. but I haven't heard a bad comment about that, but and Mandalorian I think it all awesome. goes back to Favreau understanding his responsibility right. The Lion King The Jungle Book you know all of these movies that he's done he's taken you know the properties and he's really done I only have likable. one
1: complaint about The, <laughs> the Lion King thing.
0: yeah The Lion King
1: it's just weird to see a lion trying to sing and move <laughs> without and any emotion yeah, in their face that's
0: weird that's but, weird but other than that it was a really good film yeah, like, yeah other, other than that it's just it was a difficult task yeah. but it was really really a great production people you know People always you know, they rave about Favreau in that sense, yeah. but uh, was it Elf
1: that he did? Elf? Yeah,
0: he took he took a character that had not been in Christmas lore, right, and made it a staple for the <laughs> yeah, Christmas season. That's right. They, uh, that that's one of those that shows on repeat on television, right? You yeah. know, how do you create a, a Christmas classic like that? You have a great <laughs> vision and great execution, right? And right. Favreau has got he's got a good vision.
1: Well, we also had. Uh,
0: Peter Billingsley from, uh,
1: *A Christmas Story* made a um, cameo. Who
0: comes back in *Far From Home* in the MCU?
1: Stanley himself, mistaken for Hugh Hefner.
0: <laughs> um, and that was another thing I loved about the MCU was the Stanley cameos. Yeah, you, and you got to where you statement. were expecting them. You want you knew they were coming in every movie. And You were just waiting the trying to what find out where be. it was. Right, always right. a different guy. Right, but always just there, and it, it made kind of like a comfort food. You know, right. it's like oh, there's no Stanley. There, Stan he, is. Lee. Right. there right. he is, and he loved these characters. He did. He did. And, I mean, and he
1: understood them. He he, and I love the fact that he based. These characters in New York, like he put them in our world,
0: in real world, um, yeah, as opposed to when, DC that was right, like made up towns.
1: Because like, I mean, Metropolis and Gotham are like versions of New York, but to actually go to New York, like I just recently went to New York, and to go to New York and actually see the iron Building where Peter Parker worked, which is Daily Bugle in the comic books, to actually stand outside of it and go, "This is what Peter Parker works." Uh, the Avengers fought here. The Fantastic Four building is somewhere near here. Doctor Strange lives somewhere on this street. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome to be there and go, these guys were here working in the 60s and 70s in New York and literally could just go out and walk around and go, hey, look, you could be on this street and Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four could be fighting Doctor Doom or Thanos here and you could just sit there. Shameless plug. <laughs> the second book of my book series takes place in Memphis, Tennessee. And you can literally open the book and read it and go downtown from street to street as the battles are occurring. Just like you're in the book with the characters. So. And it, and it kind of adds a little <laughs>
0: bit of realism to it, too. Because right. when you walk down those streets and you don't see Spider-Man right. or, or even your characters right. in the streets fighting... Things must be good. Things must be safe because they're protecting us because they're not here. If you don't see them, things are good. Everything's good, right. And and that's and that's what I like, it adds that realism to it by adding real cities.
1: Now there is one drawback to doing that. And that happened 9-11. Yes. But the way that not only Marvel handled it, but DC, they both did a great job where there's this scene that's so powerful with Spider-Man looking where the towers once stood. And he's like, oh my God, we let them down. You know, there's like, I should have been here. And Captain America shows up out of the smoke and he's like, Peter, we're here now. We do what we need to do now. Even Dr. Doom was crying. I mean, but,
0: <laughs> and, and they, they, that's what I loved about the writers and the directors of these comic books, they understand right. what's this going on in the real world. They don't right. live in a world of fantasy. Yes, they their job is fantasy. Right. But they live in the real world, they understand what's going on. Right. right. And they can they can they can preach to the zeitgeist of 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 the era and what's going on right now in the real world. Right. And right. and like Stan used these use these characters as as metaphors for what's going on in the real what's life? going yeah. on in the real world. The okay. x yeah. What do we need what type of hero do we need right now? Yeah, for our out, time, That's right. when he develops this. What do we need now? This. And amazing, amazing yeah. uh, foresight to be able to do that. It's awesome. But.
1: But, this, I mean, I love this movie. I love. This is just the start of Tony Stark. The new Tony Stark. Yes. Um, and his journey to being a selfless hero. Um, because before the, before. Before now, he had never been, you know, really worried about anybody else. He didn't really care. He didn't care about Pepper's feelings. He didn't care about any of that. He just did what he did, and it was done. But you see later on in other movies how his past catches up to him. Yeah. Like how he disregarded certain people, and now those people are after him. Or, like, some of the mistakes he made, you know, I got to atone for, like you said, it's, I got to atone for that. That's who I was. I was a jerk. I was horrible to you. <laughs> uh, I understand why you hate me, you know. <laughs> right. um, but it's, just, it's a message for all of us. That as long as you're living, it's not too late for you to have a second chance, to do something better, to make your life mean something
0: and not be selfish. One philosophical question I have to ask. When Tony gets back from his three months in captivity, <laughs> she's like, we got to get you to the hospital. And he says, I want two things right now. And she's like, you can't have that one. And he's like, an American <laughs> cheeseburger in right. a press conference. But right. cheeseburger was the first thing he you wanted. Yeah. You're held in captivity in the desert for three months. You get back to the States. What's the first thing you're eating? What's the first thing you want? The fir-
1: I can't have that one. What's uh, the first thing you're going to eat then?
0: <laughs> pizza. <laughs> pizza. You know, I'm the same thing. Give me a good slice of pizza and I'm good to go. Right,
1: right. But like like we said, without this movie, there would be no MCU. We wouldn't be so such a expanded universe that continues on. Like, This thing could actually last past...
0: Us being old men, <laughs> which is scary when you think about it. I mean, because they're entering the, the king phase. Yeah. And there's another one coming after that. Right. They've, right. They've got, and we got younger
1: actors that. who are here now who stepping are stepping into the roles, playing different people. And at any time, since we've introduced the multiverse, we could have a whole set of new people playing the Avengers, and we could be stuck in that universe, and then they could continue on with those films.
0: That's, we could even get some of those characters that have died off, <coughs> Tony, and bring them back, yeah. and bring them back right. as a, in a different universe. Right. They, like,
1: one of the things I like that they did, God rest with Bozeman's soul, um, is in the recent Wakanda Forever movie, they introduced... <coughs> And by now, everybody should have seen Wakanda forever, mm. hopefully. Spoilers, anybody? <laughs> Spoilers. But at the end, T'Challa's son is there. And he, his name is T'Challa. So when, you, when he's old enough to become Black Panther, he can take the role. He's, he's still Prince T'Challa. Prince T'Challa, the character, is still there. He's going to be so much probably like his father because his mother knew who he was. And she's going to tell her son, this is who your father was. And he's, without having his dad there, he's going to want to embody that.
0: Either I that wanna be my
1: father. or, or be the opposite, he could go the complete Killmonger, opposite way. He <laughs> could be his cousin, Killmonger. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just an interesting, as, a ver- uh, as our coworker Roger Vessel always says, it's a very exciting time to be a comic book fan because the characters that I grew up reading about in the comic book pages are now actually on the screen. And they're in the screen, or available in so many different ways as action figures, merchandise, pins,
0: Halloween costumes, Halloween
1: costumes, and cosplay, um, and and statues. Like we actually have physical statues of our character, comic characters everywhere. Like Batman's in Burbank, uh, Iron Man is in Italy. So it's just it's crazy. It's amazing.
0: So what we do when we uh, we're, we review our movies, we just say, hey. You're going to watch it? Yeah. It's a, it, for me, Iron Man is a definite watch, yeah. a definite rewatch.
1: Iron Man's a definite watch, a number 10. It's like right up there with all the other superhero movies like Superman, Spider-Man. And I love how the things that you watch, like Iron Man is so closely with Superman and Spider-Man because it's usually an hour before you actually see the actual hero. Right. And then you, once they're there, that's awesome. There's one more thing I wanted to mention that you showed me today of how masterful a director is and how a writer is and how they set those two. the video videographer the, the, the cinematographer uh, working together. The scene where Tony is dying, like the, he, the, he's, he just the got just been, replay, pulled, replay, out the his been cha- pulled out of his chest, and Rody finds him, and the way they. Frame that scene. It looks like you said it. it looks like a boxing ring, mm-hmm. and it looks like it reminds you of a Rocky movie. Like, come on, Rock, like, you gotta get back in there. Yeah. And you now
0: go. it's he's gonna get back up and yeah, he's it gonna like, fight. He's round gonna two, let's yeah. let's go. go.
1: And, and you get that, you get that scene. Now I'm gonna watch it in a different, yeah, whole yeah, different I get way. I chills now. You're bringing yeah. that up. I'm gonna watch it in a whole different way because that's you know we've seen, this movie's been out for years <laughs> and you seen see things just every now time. Right, you're just now seeing it. So. That's awesome.
0: But thanks for joining us for the Overdue Movie Review Podcast. Uh, don't forget, you can stop by our table and check us out there. We've got another podcast coming called Picture This. Yep. They're all available at Radio731.com, the Radio731 app, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. That's right. So make sure you check out Overdue Movie Reviews. This is this will be episode number 20, 21. It's our 20th. I think our 20th. And, yeah, number 20. And Like I said, we're getting ready to start the new podcast, Picture This. So uh, definitely, definitely uh, uh, hang out with us there. Subscribe to both of the podcasts so we can uh, drop the new ones when we, when we drop the new ones. And, and um, be sure
1: to come out to my table to check out my novel series, Solad: Soldiers of Light Against Darkness. Get your copies now. So right. you all continue to enjoy the Haywood Comic Con, and Tad and I will be around to tell you about more great things coming up.
0: I'm Tad. And I'm Tony. And that is our Overdue Movie Review.